Lecture Notes, The Pre-Socratics. The assigned textbook reading for this week is Vaughn, Living Philosophy, Chapter 2. 1. The Origins of Philosophy. One of the things you'll hear or read me say throughout this class is that it's very difficult to pin down exactly what philosophy is. The people we'll study at the beginning of the class, the figures that are considered the first Western philosophers, didn't just do philosophy. Aristotle, for instance, studied and wrote about biology, politics, psychology, art, communication, and so on and so forth. I say this to communicate that I'm very hesitant to draw hard and fast boundaries when it comes to philosophy. Many textbooks on the history of Western philosophy take for granted that the pre-Socratics are the first Western philosophers, that Western philosophy starts with the pre-Socratics, but I'm not so sure that this is true. Ultimately, it depends on how you define philosophy. For instance, one of my favorite modern philosophers argues that the book of Job in the Old Testament, which is older than the pre-Socratics, is actually a deeply philosophical book. It's totally optional, but click to read her essay on the book of Job as philosophy. Furthermore, philosophy sprang up in lots of other traditions around the world. There are lots of vibrant non-Western philosophical traditions, although sadly, we don't have time to cover them in this class. If you're interested in studying some of the Eastern philosophical traditions, you're very welcome to sign up for TJC's World Religions course, which touches on some of those topics. All this is to say that although we're starting off with the pre-Socratic philosophers, I don't want to give you the impression that the pre-Socratic philosophers discovered philosophy in the same way that scientists make discoveries that weren't known previously. Two, pre-Socratic philosophy. According to archeologists, human culture, as you would learn in a humanities class, goes back about 12,000 years. Greek philosophy really doesn't get kick-started till 600 BCE for Common Era. The pre-Socratics, the earliest philosophers, all lived around the same time, 600 to 500 BCE in Iron Age Greece. To promote their beliefs, they stood in the marketplace, sharing their ideas freely so that all could benefit. Next week, we'll be learning about Socrates. You've probably heard of Socrates before, but Socrates made such a big impact on Western philosophy that all of the people who come before him are simply known as the people before Socrates or pre-Socratic philosophers. The first pre-Socratics you should know are the materialists. They are the first people who promoted the idea that there are no gods, at least as Greek religion and folklore had portrayed them. These pre-Socratics were attempting to ascertain what everything was made of. If everything is physical, it must be made of something. There must be something in common with all of them. Thales of Miletus thought it must be water because water takes different forms and it is so associated with motion in Greek stories. Anaximenes agreed with Thales that all things were made of one substance, but he asserted that substance was air, not water. Empedocles saw strengths in several of the basic elements that had been identified and combined them in his assertion that all things were made up of a combination of four elements, namely earth, air, fire, and water. Atomists. For materialists and Aristotle, this is the way of things. All that's real is what you can see and touch. Early materialists raised a question the next group of pre-Socratics, the atomists, answered. The atomists acknowledged that while Empedocles may be onto something and that the world may be made up of a combination of elements, 
that as you observed these elements in smaller and finer detail, eventually at some very small order of magnitude, there must be a substance that could not itself be divided. The atomists said that reality is made up of particles even smaller than the tiniest scrap of dirt on Earth, and that these particles are real physical things. Anaxagoras argued that all things are made up of an infinite number of small particles. Leucippus and Democritus reasoned that eventually, at some extreme magnification, there would be a building block that could not be further divided. They called this building block atomos, which is the Greek word for indivisible. In this way, Greek philosophy reasoned the existence of atoms over 2,000 years before science was able to prove their existence. Pythagoras. Pythagoras was the pre-Socratic philosopher with perhaps the most diverse range of contributions. He introduced the musical octave, the span of eight tones that we still use today in musical theory. He contributed, contributed to geometry with the Pythagorean theorem. He required his followers to lead pure and devout lives and showed a deep concern for ecology and environmental ethics by promoting the idea of universal harmony in nature. In his day, Pythagoras kickstarted a sort of proto-religion. There was a whole way of living called Pythagoreanism in which he was the leader. Their practice of not eating meat was so famous that an, up until a couple hundred years ago, vegetarianism was called Pythagoreanism. Math featured prominently for Pythagoreans in their philosophy. Numbers took on a mystical quality. The number one represented unity and the giver of life. For this reason, the Pythagoreans worshipped the sun and would sing songs of praise to the rising sun, as you can see in this painting. One wonders how Pythagoreanism, and for that matter, Greek philosophy, might have been different if we had three suns or four moons, for that matter. But this was something the Pythagoreans put great emphasis on, the power in oneness. Other pre-Socratics focused on the nature of the world, not what it is made of, but its very existence. Heraclitus was a dualist and insisted there are two separate universes. He argued there was a world around us, which is subject to constant change, and a separate perfect ideal world realized only through intellect. We will return to this idea when we get to Plato and the nature of reality. Heraclitus's theory contrasted with that of Parmenides, who believed reality is unchanging and eternal, and the world of change proposed by Heraclitus is an illusion. Parmenides argued our senses are flawed, and so the world we perceive through them is a delusion. True reality can only be understood through reason. This is also something we will return to when we look at metaphysics, or the nature of reality.